Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Everything Motor. Well, my darling, did I get wow. more? <laughs> it's only been a week. Calm down. I know. Jeez. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> We'll just leave all this in. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 100 of the Everton Motor Racing Podcast. There we go. Ooh. Wow, you really nailed it. You really stuck yeah. the land. You think after yeah. 100 podcasts, you could get that sorted, but no, here we go. Well done. Yeah, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, <laughs> we've got 100 podcasts down. This is the last time I'll ever ask you this one. We're at number 100. Can I get... A, a rider or some riders that begin with or use number 100, please. I just got Neil Hedgehog. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> Neil Hudson, indeed. <laughs> Hedgehog, nice. That's easier to Good be fair. I'd prefer if he was called that. Yeah. Yeah, there are. I've got three more, so. Uh, I didn't. Uh, One of them did me. race in Moto2, but didn't run 100 in Moto2 because you can't. And is a champion of their respective class, I think, last year in the Superbike series. Bloody hell. But I don't think you'll get it, to no. be honest. It's Fitty Pong Guaracorn. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, no I wasn't going to get he, that. He used, he used to race for Honda Team Asia Motor 2 back in the day. Then you've got, you've actually got um, a rider from Israel. Okay. Who hilariously, she is the girlfriend of a previous guest on this podcast as well. Um, but she's very quick in her own right. Races in Italy. She is called Ran Yoshe. I've probably butchered that one. But she is the girlfriend of Simon Jesperson. Oh. Yeah. Small world, eh? And does a lot of stuff for women in motorsport with the FIM as well, which is great. Love to see um, it. And finally, we've got motocross rider Tommy Sale as well. There's probably some more, but there is the four that we have found or that we know of anyway. So, yes, How I exciting. hope everybody's had a good two weeks. We have got a list of things to talk about, but I think it's very apt and not, and on topic to discuss the Isle of Man TT that's currently going on after a week so far. Well, it's the second week. We're on the races now. And there is one man in everybody's mouth, one man on everyone's lips, and that is <laughs> Michael Dunlop. Is it Michael Dunlop? Yeah, that's exactly. I just can't believe what you just said. <laughs> that's the dodgy. <laughs> You're laughing. I'm like, why, am I, why are you laughing? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <God. laughs> if you can't, you can't see the cameras, everyone else is dead. Oh, keep it together. <laughs> laughing their heads off. Goodness yeah. me. Well, uh, you're right. The man in everyone's mouth. I mean, yeah. the word in them in everyone's. Michael Dunlop. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's going rather fast, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Um, <laughs> oh my God, yeah. no. Mm. So mm. was it the first Green. unofficial 135 lap, was it? Or is no, it, has he had, now done an official one? We've So we've had 135.452 from Peter Hickman a few years ago, mm. but then... Dunlop went in and smashed it with a 135 five or six or something like that. But then in the race, he then went into a 135.445, I think it was. It was like within a tenth of right. the all-time record, which is ridiculous because that's on the superbike as well. And we'll probably see it yeah. even faster in the senior TT. Um, but he has now got 23 wins matching John McGuinness's record. And he's got three left 
to match his namesake and, of course, family member Jerry Dunlop's record of 26. Yeah, he's going to do it. He'll do it this week. I think he'll do it this week. There's two races tomorrow. You could have 25 by the end of tomorrow. He'll do it. Uh, He he just looks incredible. I seen a tweet from Glenn Irwin yesterday or maybe a couple of days ago was like, apparently just the look in his eyes at the Northwest 200. You could tell that he meant business this year. And I mean, there's no stopping him. I totally believe it. Like he's out for all of them this week. Yeah, he's getting them all this week. I, I firmly believe it. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's absolutely on it. And it's, it's incredible to see, really. I'm absolutely loving it. I'm loving the... Um, I just... There's something about that man, like... To lose your dad, to lose your brother, to lose your uncle to this same sport. Yeah. And f- to not walk away from the sport. To then not only not walk away from the sport, but to rise to such a level that you're pretty much untouchable at the 23TT... That man is wired differently in his brain. Like, that is unbelievable lack of, like... No, not lack of, but, like, unbelievable feat of, like, tenacious and, you know, adversity to overcome those horrendous struggles of losing your family members. Because he won um, the 2008 250cc race at the Northwest 200 pretty much days after his father was killed in the practice for the same event. Yeah, it just shows how crazy his brain is wired. Because most people wouldn't have even raced, never mind going and racing at the level where you're winning. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, it's the dichotomy of it either breaks you or makes you, or, or just you know does what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You sort of like, like literally yeah. in this case, you know, it's like mm. it's unfathomable. Uh, it really is mere mortals like ourselves to be honest I can't imagine can't begin to imagine but like it, it in a way it's like we all grieve in different ways and he channeled that into like just yeah just riding like racing. an absolute demon and it's it's still happening as a result it's still there he's still got it that's for sure yeah absolutely and it is it's just testament to the Dunlop family in general, to be fair, because all of them, no matter what, like William, for example, obviously, God rest his soul, like his wife was pregnant with his kid and he was still growing out and doing it. It just like, it just shows that for these guys and obviously the rest of TT riders, racing is like above everything for them. It's a way of life. Yeah. Like it, it, oh, it yeah. comes ahead of absolutely everything. Yeah, well, it's it's funny because, like, I was speaking to my girlfriend about it a little while ago because she is new to this world and stepped into this world. And I remember when Jake Dixon recently was racing and his wife was at home giving birth to his child. Mm. And she is somebody who's never heard of this world or ever, could not wrap her head around the fact that he is racing a motorbike around a track on the other side of the world whilst his wife is giving birth. And to yeah. us, it's it's normal. Mm. And it's like, well, of course he'd race his motorbike. Of course that's what he'd do. But to obviously a normal person or somebody who's obviously outside of a loop, it is just unfathomable that you would, just to ride a motorbike yeah. around, you would give up all these things. And I think it's on another level with 
road racing. Like obviously it's a oh, short yeah. circuit racer. Statistically, you're going to be fine. You're going to come home. You're going to see that kid, you know, whereas yeah, yeah. it's really, it's a much, um, much scarier percentage of you not hitting the finish line um, mm. at the end of the race, Whoa. you know, and it's, but like you say, it's a way of life. They, they literally would rather die than not do it. Yeah. And that's yeah. just like, that's it. It's black and white like that. Yeah. Like, I don't know if any of you watched that TT documentary they've released the other week. I've not finished no. it. Oh my God. Absolutely. Unreal. I would recommend, yeah. It? If anyone hasn't watched No Room for Area, watch it. Like, I need to. It's, yeah. What's it on? ITV. It's on the ITV app. Yeah. yeah. Just go on I've watched the first episode. The yeah. I think I've missed like the last 15 minutes of one of the episodes, um, but that was it. And I've watched the rest of it. And funny enough, Michael Dunlop's in it. And he says himself, he's got no personality. He's no friends. Yeah. Like, I think he said he has like the personality of a sock or something like that. Like, yeah, he's like he's West so unintentionally funny. And you could just see it in his interviews. Like, he's so, so serious about it. And it means like his whole life his whole it, it all is worked up towards the Isle of Man TT and he wants I'd say he wants to go out set the all-time record for amount of wins and then just have to call mm. it a day because at that point you're going what am I doing it for anymore but that documentary was a really really good insight to not only inside Michael's head but a lot of the other riders you know like Lee Johnson etc and yeah really really good if no one hasn't watched it yet because I would highly recommend it. Mm. Yeah. Do, do you think like, with Michael, given, you know, how particularly close, you know, the the sort of the realities of the TT and road racing are to him, do you think in a way he's almost accepted his fate that it is he, almost he's next, you know, well, in terms of his family falling like dominoes around him? Do you think he's almost been like, I, I'm probably, you know, yeah, I, like it's if almost it happens, it happens. It's an inevitability yeah. almost. And so he's thinking, I'm just going to well go. push 100%. Yeah, and- exactly. Like this, it's gone now. The fear, like even the, you know, none of them have like any fear, but they're just, the 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 slight bit of being like, oh shit, that was scary. Do you when, think that's just gone now? Do you think that's just like, has to oh, be. So. Has yeah, to be. like, and he's now yeah. obviously, that's just put him that 1% above everybody else well, that's yeah. resulting in this oh, yeah. mental week that he's having. He had a big crash a couple of years ago, 2019 mm. or something like that. Wrecked himself, like completely wrecked himself. I, I can't yeah. remember where it was or what exactly he'd done to himself, but like I think like broken pelvis and all. Long time coming back. And I think ever since then, he probably thought then, you know, that's as close as he's come. That was a massive crash. And he's sort of going, I think from that point on, he's gone... I'm just going to give it absolutely everything because I've got nothing to lose at this point. Yeah, I'll make sure it kills me next time sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird that there's mentalities like that out there, but I and I weirdly understand yeah. it. I'm like, okay, yeah. You can't yeah. imagine the trauma that he's gone through. No. You know, no. his mental state has to be like... unrelatable to most people. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And for these guys, like we say, because they put this racing above their unborn child in their wife's stomach, above everything. And that's all they think about. It's like, like we say, it's like if they lose their life to it, it's kind of like maybe an honor to them or it's like, 
that's just part of the plan. That's just part of they were what doing it is, what yeah. they yeah. love. I think is a massive yeah. part of it. If something happens, you know, they were out on their bikes, setting the fastest times they could ever possibly do. You know, yeah. in a circuit that is unmatched around the world, you're never going to get something else like that around the world. Like you get people flocking to the Isle of Man to come and race around it. It's an honor. You know, and then you've got the likes of Glenn Irwin, who went, I'm going to do it once. I'm going to go around it. going to see what it's like. Bloody impressive at it and go, that's enough now. And he can just, yeah. yeah. And he goes, that's enough now. He acknowledges he has a wife and kids at home and goes, well, actually, that's more important for me. I've done the TT. I've seen what it's all about. And I know what I want to come home to at the end of the day. Yeah, he rolled the dice. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Because he did an interview with the BBC today. Yeah. Um, and he basically said, I can't, I don't know where the quote is. There you go. He said, hand, he said, I can say hand on heart that I love this place, the TT, but I have no desire to be out there. Like, you never know anything in racing and TT organizers are doing a great job. Safety is paramount. They don't take it lightly. So you never even, so you never ever know. But right now, my youngest two children are six and a half months and 18 months. And that feeling when my family situation is too strong. When I go pick my daughter out of her cot, it's a good feeling as when somebody told me I got the newcomer record here. You know, that feeling will never change. And I hope it doesn't. You know, he basically said it was like a bucket list goal. Yeah. He came in, yeah. he did it. He's winning the Northwest 200 still. She's doing some road racing. Yeah. Um, which is still obviously horrendously dangerous. Um, but he wants a BSB title more than he wants CT. He's gone around there. He's done a, what, a 129.5 as a newcomer, which is ridiculous. Um, well, in terms of road racing, Glenn Irwin's done it all now. So he can just yeah. go, I want to focus on the British superbikes. I've done all these side yeah. quests that any motorbike racer wants to do. And that's that. I'll continue winning at the Northwest and I'll put all my focus into BSB, which he's you know, yeah. doing well at. He's so. leading the championship at the moment. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, but yeah, it's just the TT's mad. Like on that documentary that we were saying, we were saying obviously about Michael Dunlop, obviously just pushing a hundred. One of the riders, I think it was Hillier actually, he said two good points. One of them was that he's very glad of a TT two weeks end because he knows he's going home and he yeah. made it. Yeah. Which is very powerful, I thought. Mm-hmm. The second one was when he was like, you're saying about when, on one of the straights, there's loads of straights, I can't remember anymore. But you kind of have to let off on one of them. You know, in the human side of like, you might die yeah. here. Yeah. Like, this is horrendous. And you have to let off or whatever. So there is still with these, some of these riders, there is still that tiny little margin of like maybe half a percent. And it makes me wonder like, if, you know, perfect, like, because we're getting records that are, extremely fast like the margins are minuscule at this point the fact that we're going miles an hour with three decimal points after it but you know if you had the perfect weather the perfect bike and you had a rider that could push to the levels of say Mark Marquez can obviously without crash and you told (laughs) you can go out you can't physically crash it's not it's impossible to crash just makes you wonder how close like what what lap a rider could set and how close are we now to Mm. that level like, how fearless are these riders? It yeah, has to be. Compared with the rider that the can't crash. It has to a bike be. can get round. It has yeah. to be at mm. this point. Like, I cannot, like, physically imagine it going any faster. Well, people like, someone, said that when someone, it hit someone had their elbow down. I can't remember who it was. I've seen a picture. Someone <laughs> managed to get down. their elbow down. 
What? I, I'm, I'm, I'm nearly I'm sure it's now. bloody Simon Patterson or someone that tweeted about it or posted a picture on Instagram about it. I have to go on my other account then because he's blonde. Um... <laughs> Wait, let me see if I can find it. I don't know. But I've seen something where I'm I've just 99... seen Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum's there. He's wearing a Pagets t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> he loves it though. Simon Patterson does. But yeah, like. I don't know. I do love the TT. I absolutely love it. Great show on earth. Oh no, it was on yeah, his it story. Is. It's gone. Ah, oh, that's a shame. But still, elbow down with TT is I, I, unbelievable. I'm nearly sure I'm going to find it. I swear to God, I'm yeah. going to find it. Elbow That'll be near the gooseneck. Gooseneck's a hell of a corner. Mm. Oh yeah, that like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you mean, yeah. Let's have a look. I just, I'm not going to Ah, he tweeted it. When you only remember three hours after breaking down, I got my elbow down. I got my elbow down on the TT. And it's Rennie Skaysbrook. Oh, oh, nice. And then he had a picture as well. Yeah. I'll send it into the group. Yeah, nice. Legendary. But yeah, um, yeah, I do love the TT. And I'm very glad so far, touch of wood, that, you know, nothing bad's happened so far. Um, which is great. It just because every time the TT rolls around, like Sky News did a whole flipping thing about it. There was like, this yeah. is dangerous. We shouldn't continue this thing. Blah, it's barbaric. And like, every time it's like, like these, no one's putting a gun to the head of these riders and telling them to go out there. Yeah, they have to. They all, they all want to be there. And if you didn't facilitate it in a proper event like this, they go road racing illegally, dangerously somewhere else. I think you just have to look at the crowds that have shown up and again with like the the Northwest 200 etc it obviously wasn't going to go ahead at the start of this year people love Mm -hmm. the sport the riders love it and the general public love it you know both were massively supported this year the TT looks incredible it looks jam packed with people I know people who are over myself and it's clear to see that the sport is thriving at the minute you know it's perfect conditions it's been great weather all week i i see i don't see why other people have an issue with it the riders are happy to do it so why would you want to take that away from them yeah and the money it brings to the alaman as well is incredible like well the the last thing tourism and things like that (laughs) the last thing they Mm. need is more money but hey i know (laughs) (laughs) but it definitely helps the um Country out so much every year. Yeah, for sure. They struggle without it. Honestly, like tourism and stuff. And like people live on the Isle of Man. If they don't like it, they just go on holiday for two weeks and then come back. Yeah. You know, put your house up for a um, Airbnb or whatever for two weeks, charge 500 quid a night and you're sorted. Yeah. Easy money. But very easy money. I mean, money. you said it yourself, Channing Tatum's there. So I mean, yeah. like if Hollywood, he, he loves his Hollywood A list <laughs> celebrities enjoy it, then. Yeah, Chan Tatum absolutely loves bikes. So he's at GP. Yeah. He was on. He was on. Oh my god! Yeah, a few years ago, in the Moto America, Josh Herring won. Chan Tatum was at the track, and then got on a pillion ride with Josh Herring back to the pits. No gear on or anything. No helmet. It was nuts. Let's find it a picture. Legend. Yeah, um, I fancy him. Yeah, Chan Tatum absolutely just loves the bikes. He's just <laughs> all over it. Um, yeah, Josh Herring did a burnout with Chan Tatum on the back as well. We need more of that. More of that would yeah. really help. Just publicity yeah, stunts, isn't it? Really, it's just yeah. 
Mm, that's it. It's it's just great for the sport yeah. in all areas, you know. And the TT is massive. It's probably I would say the TT arguably is bigger than MotoGP and all that, but it's just for purely media exposure and things like that. For a one-off I mean, spectacle, for sure. Yeah. 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 All of it. Overall, no, but well, it's so historical. Everyone yeah. knows it's about the Isle of Man TT. Yeah. Like, if you ask someone about it, they'll know about it. Even if that's all that they know that it happens, that's yeah, huge. They'll know the TT over yeah. GP, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, I'm just excited to see what happens this week. And there's so many good riders out there. David Todd's doing great as always. John McGuinness looks really fast, even though he's 50 flipping one. <laughs> what a legend. <laughs> what he a is guy. a hero. He's a hero. But yeah, like, I just really hope that that record can be beaten, to be honest, by Michael Dunlop, because as um, somebody who we won't mention, maybe you can mention Lauren, um, John McGuinness's records maybe aren't as... Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Not valid. (laughs) Yeah, people think that John McGuinness's records maybe aren't as valid. Okay, one person thinks this and it's my dad, and see if he hears this, he'll kick me out of the house. (laughs) But yeah, it's just... Um, I get yeah, it. Michael t- I get what he's trying I get to say. It. Yeah, because the bikes are slower and there's like six riders on track and they were on the... Oh my God, what was it? The... What was the electric bike they but were did using? Did they even so, do like pit stops? And I don't I don't recall it. So. I think it was, it was a one lap one race. One lap race. The, uh, That's all the battery could last, And there surely. was the Mugen. That was it. The Mugen oh, absolutely really? spanked everyone every year. Right, you ready for this? This is... Right, absolutely nuts. Right, so 2019 TT0 race, seven riders. The top two was Rutter and John McGuinness on the Mugen. They did laps of 121 and 120 miles an hour, lapping 18 minutes. Not slow. Third place. No, not so at all. But Ian Lauter was third, doing 102 miles an hour in a 22-minute lap. Oh, yeah, and the same happened every year prior. So I get it, to be fair. Like, if you're on a Mugen, Mugen won 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016, 2015, 2014, and then that was the year they debuted. Mm. And every year, Michael Michael and John had a 20 mile an hour a lap um, advantage. Oh, well, I kind of get his it? point. Okay. <laughs> I kind of get his point. Um... Because there's five races, five, and yeah, every time, like 2012, there's four riders on track. 2013, there's eight. 2014, there was six. 15, six. 16, five. And if you've got 20 miles an hour a lap on everybody as well. I mean, it's another opportunity to get out on the circuit. So I suppose that makes sense. And I, I get both yeah. sides of the story. My dad doesn't like Murray yeah. either. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, okay. it, it all sort of adds up. And he was half joking, sort of just being like, yeah, oh, sure, course. well, half of his are on. Well, not half, but however yeah, but many are on on e-bikes. So Michael Dunlop is better is, automatically. It's a valid point, though, in one way, because, yes, a TT wins a TT win, of course, and we can never discredit that no. because I wouldn't do it. And many, many, many other people wouldn't even be able to do a single lap of that record, of that track. And, you know, you can use only use what you're given and use the equipment you're given. If you get the best equipment, you got the best equipment. But <laughs> that advantage, you're guaranteed a top two, aren't you, every time. All you have to do is stay on the bike. Yeah. Which well, is the easier TT. said than yeah. done. Yeah. 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, I would make it about one corner and I'd be like, I'm not breaking like anywhere near as late as I need to for that first well, corner. Sure, half the TT's oh. bloody 30 mile an hour zones. Like, it's yeah. mental. Unbelievable. Like, but yeah, it's it's incredible to see at the level that everyone's at as well. And the fact that Dunlop's doing it against, you know, Hickman, against David, you know, Dean Harrison and all that. Like, top, top, top riders, senior TT winners. I did yeah. not see uh, Lee Johnson there this year, though. Yeah, and yeah. Hutchie as well. Yeah. Hutchie, 16 TT wins. You can't discount Hutchie. Yeah, but Lee Johnson as well, of course. Um, but yeah, that's TT for you. I don't know what else we've got to talk about the TT. But... No, I think half an hour is plenty <laughs> to talk it. about the shooting. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good little sort of mid midpoint roundup. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll go to well, oh my god, we'll go to World Superbike quickly, and then we'll go to MotoGP. Both of you were on your eyes. Sorry, about that. <laughs> <laughs> we're not making another hundred episodes. <laughs> no. Um, so we get to World Superbike next. Mm. None of us watched it. Don't out no. us like Why that. that. Don't out us like that. You could have at least lied and said we did. I mean. No, but it's a talking point? point. Like, why? Because it backs my point up of why would I want to okay. watch it? Yeah, yeah. it's. I don't want to. Uh, oh, it's you know, mm. it's, ah, the Bautista parade. Ugly Excellent. yellow bikes this week. Nah, controversial. I love them. No, they're great. Stegen. They were so the great. The wrong yeah. yellow. It's just the wrong yellow. I feel. Well, they can. You'll see them again this this year at Mazzano when Pekka Banaya and Anaya Bastianini were on the same livery. So I won't watch it. That will be well, I'm not talked about year. it, but that would be good. <laughs> oh no, I'm planning on going to Mazzano this year. That means you'll have to see them in person. You get to see it in person. <laughs> That's even worse. Damn, I'm cancelling my tickets right now. Well, at least I'm you only see them once every 90 seconds as opposed to always on your feed, you know? On, yeah, that's true. Telly. That's true. Yeah. Mm, but um, yeah, I just don't. Like I said before the weekend, I made a post. I was like, oh, will we see Bautista win three or three races this weekend? Yes, we Be will. Like, Obviously, we will. And. Yeah, we've had 15 races so far. He's DNF one of them because he got knocked off. And he's won 14 of the races he's finished. And how many races have there been that he's finished? There has been 14. You go on Wikipedia, it's just a stack of ones with one retirement yeah. in there. Like, how, Why would uh, I want to watch it? Yeah, and how long... If he keeps this up, when is he going to have the championship wrapped up? Well, he's Next got week. a... What's, what's 298 yeah. minus 12? That's 86. Six off the head. That's terrible maths. Hold on. Two nine eight minus two one two. Eighty six. That was right. Eighty six point lead, and there are seven rounds left, and there are sixty two points available. So he could already win it a round mm. early. Mm. Top rack is keeping him at bay with the second places. Every top rack has not. Top rack has finished every race bar one this year, and he's finished on the podium for every single one of those. He's got thirds and seconds across the board. Really. Mm. So, like, great! How exciting! Even he's fed like, up with it, and he's going to BMW. Yeah, yeah he's sick of it. He's like, I've had enough yeah, now, like, so I'm going to completely change up. Not even going to be on the podium next year. Like that's yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a really risky one. That one. Yeah. Like they got more power the BMW, but it's what you do with it, though, isn't it? Yeah, because if once the races in BSB, Camerobia is doing really well on the Moto America, but. And obviously they're winning TT races, but they just cannot translate it into World Superbikes at all. Yeah. And maybe that's why you need a ride like Top Rack Kras Glatlioglu on it, of course. 
Yeah. <laughs> but Scott Redden was really good on the on the I oh know I fucked that up. <laughs> uh, it was really good on the Ducati. <laughs> but Scotty was yeah. great on the Ducati and he's nowhere. Michael van der Mark was winning races for Yamaha, was third in the championship, nowhere near. Yep. Um, you've got Loris Baz who was really good on the Yamaha and then the Ducati when he did those three Ducati races for Go 11 and was on the podium for all three rounds all three races sorry and Algarve and then they hop on a Beamer and they're nowhere Garrett Gerloff again he's absolutely nowhere Garrett Gerloff Gerloff well, it's like, weird because ab- like every so often the BMW will have like a good round or a good practice or something you're like oh shit they've got it together they're, they're and then, then you know same rider same bike is at the back of the grid next week. You're like, come on, what's happening here? Mm. The, the 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 might of BMW and the multi billions yeah, of pounds they've like, got to put into it. In terms of funding, they've got to have some of the deepest pockets on the grid, surely. Well, they've invested it's not the it. deepest. Well, probably not second on. second to Ducati, surely. I would think. Yeah. If not, um, then more because I don't know. There's a few BMWs on the road. There is, but Ducati last year, oh yeah, no, to BMW destroyed them. So Ducati's annual turnover last year was 1 billion euros. Okay. BMW's annual revenue for 2022 was 150 billion. Yeah, but Ducati are owned by whom? Audi. Oh yeah, yeah I guess you got Volkswagen so. Audi Group. Audi. So. Annual turnover. Volkswagen Audi Group is going to be pretty... Only... I say only, but it's a third. It's fifty million. Is that just Audi? The BMW. Though? Yeah, that's just Audi. Uh, the BMW have technically triple the firepower. They've got the M series, which is an, obviously the motorbike, the M one thousand, and like they up, they brought out the M one thousand a few years ago. They updated it for this year, and they're just. I don't understand why. Obviously, he maybe has gone for a team that's up and coming. Maybe he's seen something we haven't. But I would have thought he would have gone to Ducati. If Ducati did for yeah. the Dorsa top rack, I can't yeah, come on. see why he wouldn't go. Yeah, come on then. But they mustn't have offered him anything. Which is weird. Well. Because surely you'd, you'd want to guarantee a 1 2 in the championship. But then you've got the. Like the who's going to be number one rider sort of thing, like the worry that yeah. we had coming into MotoGP this year with two top mm. riders going into practically, and then that sorted itself out. So mm, that's true. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one. Um, I do wonder who will be going to that Yamaha seat. There's a lot of talk about it, like being Max Albasani, Franco Morbidelli has also been spoke about mm. a few times. But then Axel Bassani could do well next to Bautista in the factory squad. Frankie said not yet, right? For Superbikes. Yeah. But then where would he go in MotoGP? Yeah, I don't think he's got much say, but... At all. No, he really doesn't. There's a lot of apparently silly season talk this weekend in World Superbikes, but I didn't watch mm. it because again, I was just like... Yeah. Like, apparently there was like so much chaos and like about... I mean, Petrucci knocked about uh, half a million people off. He knocked um, Lacrona off. Or meet Domi. Um... Domi and Remy. Yeah, smashed off the GRT boys as well. Um, Let's have a look. Crashed out zone and Super Bowl race, given a lot of penalty, causing collision with both Remy and Domini, yeah. Get Petrucci on the 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 seat. On the factory squad? Yeah. It makes sense. But 
I don't know, that Barney team just never really performed since mm. since Javi Forez left. Yeah. Javi Forez was outstanding on that bike and then they got rid of him and they've just never been able to perform since. I feel like um, if you're looking for a teammate that would be a good like second place man, Petrucci would be a great. Mm. Yeah, because he's fast and consistent, but then can he do it on the V4R? He's not doing it at the moment on the V4R. He's 11th in championship. Hybrid Corona. Different team though, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, there's like loads of rumours. There's rumours of um, Sam Lowe's going over to Superbikes as well. I could VDS. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the hell? And what's I'd Johnny Ray going to do? That's really lifeless. He's, he's contracted with um, Kawasaki for next year. Uh, okay. He'll be done in That's a couple a of years. Yeah, I think he'll... he'll yeah. Instead of like trying with another manufacturer, I think he'll just play. That's it. I've I've done my... I've got my what is it six six titles he's got yeah yeah he'll be like that's enough Fine, well it makes very much. sense if he can't turn it around within the next two years I'd say probably just be like right that's enough now and I think yeah, we're, like, we're really now starting to see the fruits of the prototype racing being filtered into the super bikes and obviously Kawasaki yeah. haven't got a MotoGP project. And we're starting to see that, you know, the the wings yeah. are probably an afterthought. The electronics will be different. Everything, just absolutely everything in the V4R will now be derived from MotoGP. Whereas Kawasaki are still essentially just building a superbike, just a slightly yeah, like, better one than they have every year for the last 10 years. Absolutely. Whereas now the V4R is just getting this insane before trajectory before it's just a MotoGP bike with the different fairings on it really yeah, exactly that's it and we're now really starting to see this come home to roost Yamaha's fallen behind a little bit um, yeah. the Honda well Oof. I mean I don't know Honda doing Honda things um, but yeah Ducati mm. are nailing it in both classes and I think well, additional t- yeah. yeah no I'm just saying like the MotoGP thing yeah, is helping their superbikes well Japanese yes. manufacturers yeah. as well like it seems to be in all classes. They're just slowly mm-hmm. giving up. Yeah, in a way, yeah. They're like, it well, if our weird. bikes don't work, then I don't want to know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay, yeah, because... we agree. Our bikes don't work. Cool. Um, we're just going to um, stop yeah. doing Yeah, we're just going to stop and do whatever. Yeah. Like, because you make a point with the whole, like, Ducati thing as well, because Josh Herring won race two at Road America this weekend at in Moto America, Jerry Forres has won all every single race he's done so far in he's won six of six races so far. Jerry Forres in Moto America. He's never even really raced off these tracks. He's winning them all um on the in Super Sport. And then you look at BSB, and I think it's Glenn Irwin Glenn and Irwin. Tommy. I think it's a one-two off the top of my head, uh, for Ducati. Which is a massive change one. for PBM from last year. Yeah. Um let's have a look. Standings. Oh yeah, Tommy first, sorry, and then Glenn second by three points between them. Two Ducatis. So, yeah, Ducati, yeah, it's Ducati again. Yeah. You know, like, it's that benefit of having that MotoGP program, it filters down through all the classes and Yamaha yep. obviously won 2021, they won MotoGP, World Superbikes, BSB, Moto America. False because... sense of security. Yeah. Ducati yeah, were yeah, just figuring it out. And I think, just to go back to our slightly earlier point, I just looked it up. Volkswagen Group's turnover or revenue is $295.7 billion. Jeez, so I didn't think about that. That's a little bit extra cash. You know, that's double BMW. 
That's true. Uh, that's a good point. You know, yeah, it's just money they can throw at things. And if they're throwing the most at MotoGP, that's eventually trickling down into their superbikes. And that's that's just what's happened for the last 10 years. And now we're yeah. really seeing that uh, come to fruition, basically. Yeah, because Ducati, they are... Their bikes are developed a lot using Lamborghini and Audi's technicians using their wind tunnels and using their technology and things like that as well. Yeah. Whereas Yamaha don't have that benefit. Yamaha or Yamaha and Honda or Honda, they build cars, but they don't build... Honda have obviously got some sports cars, but they're nowhere near as hyper as the Lamborghinis of the Audis of the world. Yeah, well, that's it. You're not getting the engineers for the Honda Jazz being like, yeah, feel free <laughs> to bring that superbike into our wind tunnel. Do you know what I mean? It's not quite yeah, exactly. got the same appeal. As your no, was Audi were out here winning like the Le Mans 24 hours and yes. things like that. Exactly, exactly. So that's it. It's it's uh, it's a it feels like a, a game of monopoly that's been you know tightly fought for the past 50 years, and now suddenly like Ducati have just suddenly got all the hotels in the right places and are really starting <laughs> oh, to just park lane and it's all that's going it. Well. They're mugging everybody <laughs> yeah. off now because they've yeah. just they've played the long game. And been smart, yeah. and now it's now they're raking it in, and yeah, that's and where we are. Championships for making them a bit boring for yeah. everyone else to watch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thing is, like they can win everything now. They've got Merge GP. They've got one two in Merge GP at the moment, and it's just down to the riders now. Their bikes are at the level, but it's just down to the riders now to just put them where they need to be. And I can't think of a single rider on a Ducati at the moment. Who couldn't? Like you look at World Superbikes, you got Bautista, Rinaldi, Petrucci, Bassani, and Ertel. All of them are capable of getting a podium on that V4R, I think. Mm-hmm. Ertel's struggling a lot. I think this is last he, last year in Superbikes this year, but even so, he's doing really, really well. Um and did do really well last year. You know, apes and things like that. He's got he's had some solid results this year, it's not been filled in fully. But um in the MotoGP, you've got eight riders under Catties, all of them are podium worthy. Even Fabio Di Antonio, because he got pole position last year at Mugello. Every single Ducati rider has the chance of getting on a podium. Yeah. If you it could works not say that about any other manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can say that about any other manufacturer. Maybe KTM when pole's back. Yeah. But that was about it. I can't see Nakagami getting podiums in MotoGP. You know, I can't see I can see both Yamaha riders getting it, but that's because there's only two of them. But apart from that, Ducati will slip up eventually, though. Yeah, it's oh yeah, happen. every in a Honda couple of years went for years yeah. of winning to then crush Yamaha. Look at Yamaha in the early two thousands, Valentino Rossi. Yeah. Now yeah. look, now look at him. It'll yeah. happen. Yeah, but sooner rather than later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the thing, the one thing though, I do see and wonder about Ducati is. We talk about how great they are every year and how good they're doing. We don't see any with the Alaman TT though. Mm. Why is that? Is that a vanity thing? No, I don't know. I've won this like because they did race them years ago. I like, was going to say, like, I think why they're not. I it is potentially like a maybe a budget thing as well because. Who's going to buy a 60 grand stock bike to begin with and think this could end up in flames in quarter of a mile? Yeah. Is it, is it well, like, and it, obviously the TT is more to do with the rider than the bike, let's be honest. Mm. Yeah, who wants to ride a Ducati around the TT? I think yeah, it's a why, why big would you? thing. Like a 200, 
like 225 brake horsepower, absolute monster thing. Like, like cause John McGuinness, yeah, running nine and eight in 2003 and finished second. Um, but like, and, and Michael maybe you, Dunlop. Maybe you want that smooth inline four as well. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, so Michael Dunlop was meant to race a 2020 Superbike and Senior TTs of board the V4R for PBM mm-hmm. and then signed up and was confirmed to do it last year on a Ducati. And at the last minute... He just, he didn't, and he was, he split. I suppose it has to be what you're most comfortable on around the TT. Yeah, it's just weird. Like, why are Ducati so good everywhere, but we never see a TT entry? Or at least a factory one, you know, like you got your FHO, which is a factory BMW squad. You got your factory Honda squad. Yeah, you got Pajets, who's pretty close to factory. You've got... Kawasaki putting in entries. I suppose that with the likes like, of FHO and all, like they're the riders that race every weekend at BSB, though, as well. So that mm, sort of makes mm-hmm. makes sense. Whereas I can't think of any Ducati riders, like current Ducati riders, who would want to race around the Isle of Man. So you'd have to bring in new people, and maybe that's yeah. something to do with it. Well, yeah. like FHO when when it wasn't Hickey and Brooks. They did. They did get an extra rider, and I don't know who they got. Um, and you know, teams will fill in their riders yeah. with other riders. But yeah, like PBM are open to doing TT. It seems, but obviously, maybe. But Glenn Irwin, one of the conditions for him signing for PBM, and one of the reasons Josh Brooks, no, not Josh Brooks, yeah, Josh Brooks. Well, that's why Glenn went did, to Ducati and didn't stay with. Yeah, well, one Honda? of the reasons Glenn went to Ducati and isn't doing the TT is because PBM won't allow him to do the TT. And then Josh Brooks didn't do the last few TTs because he was at PBM and again, they didn't allow him to do the TT. Yeah. Do you think there's Which some kind of, odd. I don't know, weird like moral thing or ethics thing at Ducati where they're like, we don't want our bikes... Maybe this, associated with Island. it, yeah. Yeah, it could be. I googled it, and there's just like motorcycle.com wrote why there are no Ducatis on the Alaman TT, but there's mm. it's just strange because you'd think that yeah. So even the Alaman TT on their website it says amazingly for a manufacturer synonymous with motorcycle racing at the highest level, it's been nine years since the Ducati claims a top ten finish in the Alaman TT races, and that was in like 2020. So it's been like 12, 13 years now. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if there's just some, it's something just where they're like, you know, if, if someone tragically were to have a fatal accident and it on was Ducati. on a Ducati, maybe Ducati's PR team and, and or maybe higher up, even a bit more superstitious than that, are like, you know what? We don't want our brand on the same page Being as associated. an obituary. Yeah. 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 yeah like, absolutely. Who knows? But, Maybe. Very strange. If you know mm. the answer and you listen to the podcast, please let us know because would be very intrigued to know. It's something I have wonderful. Yeah, we were like, just you making see, this all yeah, <laughs> like, you know, out of nothing. You don't see, a, you don't see Aprilia's on. Aprilia don't really go either, do they? And they got super twins, I suppose. you got oh, yeah, the Giono's 660s. But... Yeah, Johnson last year handed their best ever result, I guess. But yeah, it's not like super twins. It's the little 650s, isn't it? It's not on the... RSV4. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. You've not got the V4. But then less support, less bikes to be sending off to 
slaughter. I don't want to say that, but like, you know, off no. to like a really high risk event yeah. where it's not going to be, uh, there's got to be more financial risk with something like the TT. And you're not like gathering data and um, it's less of an investment to be able to take yeah. the information that you gather from the TT into your bikes and like make them more sellable and stuff. Yeah, because it's, it's probably, making a bike that's going to go well around the TT isn't going to help your MotoGP bike because no. it's so no, different. So what's, you know. Having a TT bike, I think that wins races could sell a lot of bikes. So for Ducati, if they're like, our bike wins a TT, our bike's good on public roads. So buy our bike and you can be as fast as this on public roads. It's a marketing I would be going down with Ducati, but... Maybe they don't want to be... Asso- but that's what Cameron said. Maybe they yeah, don't want to be associated association with the Isle of, of Man. Yeah, it's strange. And of but- course, if you're, if you're almost selling a bike to encourage people to act like... TT racers on public roads. Yeah. That's, that's your marketing PR. strategy. That's not a good no, look, I would true. say. It's true. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, shall we move on to the Magella Motor GP race? Yes. Oh, please. Yeah. Starting with the main thing being that Paul Spargo unbelievably tried to race this weekend at Magello. His medicals team turned him down and he's going to try the weekend after at Sashin Ring and maybe Aston the week after that if the medical team will yeah. give him the go-ahead. But the fact that he's hit back so soon, I thought he was out for the full season. Yeah, same. I thought he'd maybe try a flyaway at the end of the year. Yeah. Summer break. Not, He'll not yeah. be back before the summer break. I don't think so. I hope he doesn't, because again, this thing of riders coming back too early is just... I think he's got it in his head good. now, though, with what happened in Le Mans and the bike yeah. looking really promising. And seeing and how good everyone is, he said he hated watching it from the safe. I think he's really got it in his head, which is incredible, like literally so incredible. But the fact that it's Monday and his medical team already said, no, you're not going, like yeah. he clearly isn't in a position to be racing at all. So I think Saxon Ring is a bit unrealistic, considering mm. we're still six days out from the race. And they're already going, no, you're not, you're not getting involved. So I don't know. Yeah. I think it'd be the sensible thing to do to sit out and come back in Silverstone after the summer break. But yeah, who am I, I to agree. say that he'll not listen to that sort of advice? And no, of course not. <laughs> no, what do you mean? He's listening he's to the mental. podcast right now. <laughs> yeah. Paul Spagro, please take my advice and come back after yeah. the summer break. <laughs> well, Saxon Ring's super physical as well. So I mm. can't see that being a viable option. Asin's... I don't know, to be honest. It's a very classic racetrack. Um, still going to be physical. None of them are easy tracks to ride um, on these bikes. But I think Saxon Ring in particular is like would be a no-go. Mugello is going to be hot as hell, I imagine. It usually yeah. is this time of year. Um, will be hella physical. So, yeah, I think you're right. Come to a cooler Silverstone after the Chances of rain... Chances you know, of rain, a nice, e- easy race for you. Chilled out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why not? It's in like Let's three see. months' time, two months, yeah. however long. Loads August now, isn't it? Yeah. Two months, yeah, God. Got whole of July off, it's great. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm <laughs> glad hey. I have so many summer holidays to go on. Oh, oh. yeah, lovely. lovely. Oh, isn't that nice? nice. Oh. Isn't that nice? Mm, very nice. <laughs> but yeah, we're in... The first rider sacking slash splitting from the team has happened with Lorenzo Dalla Porta splitting from the Saga racing team 
and instead will fill in for the injured Alex S. Krieg for the next three races at Mugello, Sachsenring, and Assen, whilst S. Krieg continues to rehab- rehabilitate his shoulder. The injured very early into the season, in the first opening round of the season. Um, and he will be replaced by Tiger Harder, which I don't make doesn't make sense to me, because Tiger Harder has never really performed in Moto2. Carlos Tatai has literally just won the junior GP race in Jerez for the same team, has experience in the world championship. I don't know why they didn't just put Carlos Tatai on the bike, but money talks. Money. That's it. Mm-hmm. We've said it a lot in this pod. It's all about the dollars. Unfortunately, it is. And Tiger Harder, I'd say it's pretty well off. Um, <laughs> nice for yeah, some. But it's mad though for Della Porta because he had a three-year deal with the team. Is this not his first like year? Six races. What, yeah, five races. First year, yeah, of a three-year deal and he's already split after five Jeez. races. Things must have been really bad. That's that's not so nice, is it? It's a bit worrying for the SAG racing team because they got a podium with Bo Ben Schneider, but they just they've had a history of riders leaving their team. It's always been a thing. I remember God, I had the Edu Poirales, I think his name is. He's the um team owner. And it was when they had Remy and Kazma Daniel. And Kazma Daniel nearly lost his seat halfway through the season because they had no money and couldn't afford to put his put him on the track. And then they had to sack him at the end of the year and replace him with Bo Ben Schneider because Bo Ben Schneider could bring some more money that he couldn't. And yeah, it just seems to be that um, I don't know if it is a Morales. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's I think, yeah, that's him. Yeah, um, yeah, you went mental at me, but <laughs> yeah, like the team just seems to just cycle through riders. It like it's a, one of those teams. Obviously, teams are expensive to run, of course, and teams don't you know they don't run on like willpower or wishing and things like that. And you have to have money, but they just seem to only attract riders that like to pay a lot of money, and yeah, then the rider can't afford to play it and they're gone, you know? It's struggled with Remy and... It's a sign of way to like... do the sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when, yeah, especially if you've got a rider like Carlos Tatai who really could do something quite good on that bike and isn't getting the shot because a Japanese rider who's had his chance and for the team a few times and hasn't performed very well has a bit of extra cash, you know? <laughs> to be fair though... Lorenzo Dallaporter had not done anything special on the bike in the first no. five rounds. He hasn't really done anything special in his... In Motor 2 full stop. Yeah, exactly. So it kind of I get of it from that sense. side as well. Yeah, I get it. But then why are they replacing him with a rider? I don't get the replacement, but I get the, no. I get the split. I get, I get Lorenzo Dallaporter leaving. It's just a shame as well to see him go from a Motor 3 world champion... Yeah. Nothing. Danny Kent. This is what I said before yeah. the podcast. This Danny is Kent exactly what happened to Danny Kent. Is sad, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's annoying that it's happening again. It'll not mm. be the last time it happens either. So 
No, it just it kind of shows, I guess, you know, when we hype up these riders and we're like, this rider's going to do amazing, da, 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 and they win the Moto3 World Championship, and then, yeah. like, win the Moto3 World Championship absolutely means nothing. No, you need to wait and see what happens in Moto2 before you make your uh, mind up yeah. on riders. Yeah, it's why kind of moving riders from Moto3 to MotoGP is probably not the best time to do it. Unless you're Jack Miller. Because... Well, yeah, no. unless you're Jack Miller, that's it. Viva because you Miller. look back, and so you've got you look back at the one two five champions. You got Mike DeMeglio did so did a bit in MotoGP, but didn't really do much. Julian Simon, who was obviously these are all like one two five champions until Sergio Cortese. Julian Simon, okay, Moto two didn't really ever get a MotoGP chance. Didn't really do too much in Moto two. Mark Marquez, twenty ten, no idea who he is. Mm. Um, 2011, Nico Terrell through Moto2 podiums, then got shipped off to World Superbikes. Sandro Cortese. <laughs> yeah, Sandro Cortese, <laughs> again, didn't really do... He did okay in Moto2, few podiums, and then went to Supersport, won the title first year, and then did okay in Superbikes, but again, didn't reach that Moto2 level. Then the next few, Maverick Vinyaz and Alex Marquez speak for themselves. Then Danny Kent, mm, then the next few, I guess. Yeah, Brad Binder, you're Amir, Jorge Martin. They've proven it. But then you've got Lando de Porter. Mm. Albert Arenas. Mm. Isla Gavarez is the current Moto 3 champion. And mm. there's a big question mark there. There is. Like, there is time. Actually. It's only been five races, of course, but there's a big but question that, mark that's there the already. Thing. You've got the, the ones like Maverick, etc. They're in MotoGP now, so that makes sense but it's sort of like yeah. almost like a half split the ones that the champions that do make it yeah, to Moto GP and the ones that that don't because just because yeah. you're good on a Moto 3 bike doesn't mean that that's going to translate throughout Moto 2 and then translate again in Moto GP like it's yes, three very exactly. different bikes how, how yeah. are you, some people are just born to ride the smaller bikes and are talented yeah, at it I think on. Lorenzo Dallaporter is one of those people He's tiny. He's a minuscule. He's a little short boy, you know? And it's why I mentioned, I put it on a tweet the other day, why maybe removing the Moto3 age limits or like we said on the podcast recently, having an additional class for riders over 28 so that they can still ride these little Moto3 bikes at that level. Like John McPhee, for example, Efren. Efren Vasquez was absolutely oh, destructive yeah. and murderous on that Moto 3 bike. Efren Vasquez was an absolute animal. So was Alex Masbu, if you remember those two boys from back in 2014. You know, those guys, John McPhee, of course. And why not invite other riders who are a bit short bike specialists, small bike specialists, into this little 125 Moto 3 class? Because Lenzo Dalla Porta, that could be a five time world champion yeah. on a 125 or a Moto 3. You know, you had Angel Nieto, who's won 12 plus one titles, and most of them if not all of them, are on 50 or 125s. Yeah. doesn't yeah. make him any less of a fast bike rider. It just means that he never made it on a 250, you know? And it's 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 great that we've got this pathway of pushing riders into MotoGP and pushing the next level and things like that, but it's yeah. not a one-size-fits-all kind of situation, and it would be great to, to see some support for the other riders who may not make it all the way to MotoGP because... yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a shame that that's the way it's marketed, you mm. know, it's like in a reductive way, it's seen as like um small bike is beginner and you get a bit bigger 
yeah or intermediate and then bigger bike is your is your pro bike sort of yeah. you know it's obviously that's not really how it's marketed but it kind of is like in a in a sort of subtext way and it's like that's not how it works like these people are all professionals this is a world championship in every class yeah and it shouldn't necessarily be seen as like a graduation, like the logical step mm. is to go to a bigger bike. It shouldn't necessarily be that way. I guess like it, it kind of is. And it, it's just, that's, that's the way it's worked so far. And I, I guess that's kind of the, that's the formula, but maybe we need to have a rethink about how that kind of like the perception there. Yeah. It's all, yeah, cause... sorry, it's all just road to okay. GP. Like, that's what it is. It starts mm-hmm. from, you know, like Red Bull rookies, et cetera, et cetera. And you move up all through those little classes, the 125 Moto3 bikes, you know, it's all because, you know, it's 16, 17, 18 year old kids riding them. They're smaller. It fits them. It suits them yeah. as they grow up. You said it, they graduate to the Moto2 bikes. That's a massive jump, but they get bigger. They're more mature. And then by the time they're ready to go to MotoGP, you know, they're 22, 23 perfect it you know that the the age thing seems to play into it massively that you've got to come into this championship when you're sort of 16 and then -hmm. you've got to grow up with the bikes and then once you've you know matured and got to the stage where you're ready to ride motor gp bikes away you go but that's i mean it makes sense that that's how you'd want it to go the road to motor gp but that doesn't work for like 99 percent of the people who are actually in these classes, you've got your few percentile that it does work for. And of course, there's loads of people in the class that have gone through all three classes, but, you know, there's MotoGP riders now that won't ever win a MotoGP championship, but actually, if you put them back down on, say, the Moto2 bikes or Moto3 bikes, they'd probably win championships still, so... Mm-hmm. Mm, that's it. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> there's no harm in it. Sam Lowe's did MotoGP, then went back to Moto2 and... He's not doing too it's bad in Moto2. He's fighting for the championship pretty much every year, apart from last yeah. year. Yeah. So. Tom, Thomas Luffy spent his... Ent- Thomas Luffy did every single Moto2 season, bar his MotoGP season, until his retirement. He did every single one. There's nothing wrong with that. The last ever dual 125 champion was Kazuto Sakata, sorry, um, <laughs> who won it in 1994 and 98. Ioki won it in 95, 96. Loris Caparossi won it back to back. You know, Nieto won seven of them. Carlo Umbiali won six of them. He's a nine time world champion. No one ever looks at either of those and goes, oh, you know what? Like, yeah, you're an X amount world champion, but you didn't do a MotoGP, so it's not. Yeah, not premier class, so it doesn't count, sort of thing. Yeah, and that's yeah. just it's not the case, is it? You know, you've got Luigi Taveri, Taveri as well, three time world champion in the 125s. Nothing wrong with that. 143 starts and 30 wins, 89 podiums. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, quite um, a stat. Yeah, better than I've got. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, why not? Because you see so many riders, their careers self-destruct or yeah. destroy themselves because they can't make it in Moto Two. And some riders can make the step, like Andrea Locatelli, who struggled in Moto Two and is now third in the championship in the World Superbike Series. But other riders, like Nico Tirol, whose career ended because he was struggling to get a seat in... Um, he did super sport and he did super bike for a bit and then didn't really perform too well there. But, you know, if he kept on 125, 
Yeah, you got Gabor Talzmashi. Talzmashi? I can never pronounce his name. Talzmashi, is it? I'm absolutely butchered. There you go. Tal <laughs> Gabor Talmashi. Yeah. So he is a 2007-125 world champion. He went back to Moto3. He did. Right. Um, yeah, he did. He won it in 2007 and stayed in the 125 class for 2008 and finished third. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that at all, is there? Not really, no. No. It's because MotoGP <laughs> is made out to be the pinnacle of motorsport, which to a lot That's of people it. Mm. it is. So yeah. I think unless you make it there... You failed. You f Yeah, the wide yeah. sort of public, you know, fans are sort of going, oh, well, you didn't make it to MotoGP, so your whole career, no matter how many championships you've won, is just a big fat fail. Yeah, like when Danny Kent went back to Moto 3 for that race for the Rebel KTM squad. Well, I mean, he's back in BSB. And who talks about yeah. him these days? And he's not even like not many, winning But he's BSB. doing well. Well, he's doing he's all doing right. right he's doing all right, but I mean, he's not like... He's not exactly... No, he's not. But like, if he kept in Moto 3, you never know. Yeah, he yeah. could have loads of championships at the minute. He could have had it's, three But or that's four. the thing, like Sarko being the person to win back to back Double Moto 2 titles Moto 2 titles that's seen as quite a weird thing to do to mm. defend your title like imagine Izan Guevara stayed in Moto 3 and defended his title this year yeah it's strange isn't it it's like a strange phenomenon like Tito Rabat and Zarka the only ones who've done it is Alex Marcus nearly did until Jorge Lorenzo retired yeah. um, but you never see it anymore and you see it a lot in the Supersport 300s. Anna Carrasco was there for a while. Mark Garcia returned to the class. Um, Jeffrey Buiz is back there this year. He tried to defend it one time, wasn't able to. Went to Supersport 600 and now he's back in the class because of financial reasons, unfortunately. But he's back in the class again and that's okay. And, you know, if you want to win five times in the Supersport 300 trial... That's okay. That's the thing. <laughs> in Moto 3, it doesn't fit the, the narrative at the minute. And that's no. that's your biggest issue. So, yeah, maybe there should be a separate championship, something between World Superbikes and Moto GP for people to go to. You know, yeah. who are 28 years old and aren't allowed to ride in Moto 3 anymore. Like, okay, if you have yeah. an age limit, give these people somewhere to race because imagine the likes of John McPhee and Lorenzo Dalaporter and all racing against each other would be unreal and be such a good championship it'd be fantastic I'd yeah, probably watch it, it so yeah I would as well and you could say you could argue Moto E is kind of that because you've got a lot of riders who yeah. are like yeah. failed in in aberrative commas wherever it is um because they're not failed riders Randy Krumenak is a world champion for example but you know riders who are kind of at the end of the career and things like that but again, they're not lightweight bikes, are they? They're heavyweight, bloody yeah. 225 kilogram motor e electric things, you know? Yeah. Is it? These Ducatis are probably good as well. Mm. You know, give it a couple of years. If we've seen what Ducati can do, and they'll probably bring that weight right down. They'll go faster. Yeah. They'll go for longer. You know, they'll be. Give Ducati some time, and I think motor e will become more of a spectacle pretty soon. Um, yeah. And then people are obsessed with noise for some reason. But yeah, they are. But, um, yeah, that was a bit of a rant, wasn't it? That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? Yeah, and Andrea Mino's still racing this weekend as well. Good. Isn't that? I don't know why Felon's not there. That's very mm -hmm. odd. Um, Fell off. But yeah, 
I think we're all getting a bit tired. It's half ten at night. Should we do uh, our predictions and wrap it up? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I forgot about my predictions. Yeah, okay. Oh, no. It's Mugello this weekend. Yeah, ah. we're going to Mugello this weekend. So I'm going to need your meta three pole position, please. I think it could be anyone's game at this point. I don't want to predict anything. Yeah. Meta three off. especially is nuts. Yeah. Let's think. What we um, got? Someone actually said to me the other day, I think it was my sister, and she was like, um, I can't believe how much smack talk you talked at the start of the season about beating everyone in, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> in our predictions and I have failed quite yeah, a lot. It can so all turn around in, in a weekend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it can, fair. but I don't see it happening. <laughs> because uh, every week, I, every week I go for Pedro Costa, crashes. Yeah, stop it. Peko crashes. So... I then go the next week, I go, no, I'm not going to support them anymore. I'll pick someone else. And then what do they do? They win. They crash. Well, they win <laughs> on the weeks I don't pick them. And then yeah, Cameron yeah. picks yep. them and he's rubbing his hands together. <laughs> Thank you yeah. very much. Thank and I look like an idiot. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know for Metro Paul. I'm going to go Jamie and Messiah personally, honestly. Personally, honestly. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you going to next? Either of you. Oh my god! Whoever's ready. <laughs> okay, okay I, I'll, I'm gonna. Oh. I'll go Sasaki. Okay, Cameron. Mm. Mm. Right, well, I'll go. Let's go, Marrera for a laugh. Ooh. Ooh, I was thinking Marrera. Let's have he's, it. He's, he's been off the pace a little bit recently, hasn't he? No. <laughs> I mean, off the pace is in like he's not been on the podium. <laughs> I'm just giving you a chance. No. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, um, he got like three podiums and he's kind of like he's still fourth in the championship, but he's yeah, a, got two he podiums. Had a weird sorry. Crash in Lamont, yeah, the fourth, they? tenth, and yeah, he did to be fair. But yeah, I don't know because Moto three at Mugello, anyone can get on the podium because. You've got 20, it's a 20 rider scrap most of the time. And you can go from 12 to first on the street. Don't yeah. rule Fanadio out. No, definitely not. He is, yeah, superb Mugello. Or Mino. Mm-hmm. Mino, yeah, he won there in 20, don't know, 2019, 2018, I don't know, for the VR46 squad. Whenever he rode for them the second time. Meta 3, third place. I'm going to go with Holgado. Ooh. Who even rides in Moto3 these days? I don't even know, to be honest. Not John McPhee, we know that much. Um, can we go? Can I go for a third place for either of you, please? Whoever's ready. Please just pick one. Pick, pick one of us. <laughs> Cameron. Okay, thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, Messia. Ooh. Yeah, and Lauren. Um. <sighs> Um, I'll go with Rueda. Ooh, that would be nice. Shout. Yeah. I'm going for Otola for second, Cameron. Sazaki, mm. please. Nice. And Lauren, please. Holgado. Oh, got it. Right, and to win the race, I'm going to go with... 
I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It could be anyone. Oh my god! This is exciting. Dennis Andrew. Oh, oh, I forgot about interesting. Andrew. I was thinking him for a second, but mm. Mm. who have you gone for, Cameron? Uh, I'll Please. go with another Holgado dub. Nice. Very possible. And Lauren, please. Um, or Tula. Nice. Good shout. Also good. Yeah, very good shout. Right, Moto 2 pole position. I'm going to go Arbolino. Mm. Cameron, please. I want it for an Arbolino, to be fair. Yeah, let's go Arbolino. Go on then. Go on then. Go on. He twisted his arm there. He did. did. Whoopsie. Sorry. And Lauren, please. I also wanted to be Arbolino, but I want to do something a bit different. So I'm going to go for Sam Lowe's. Nice. Yeah. I was thinking Lowe's. He's in a spot of form. And when Sam Lowe's is in form, he's um, pretty unstoppable. unstoppable. Yeah, Yeah, he's quicker than anyone almost, Mm. isn't he? Oh, yeah. 100%. I wonder if Darren Binder will be back this weekend. Just thought because I saw Senegis. Smiling at me on, on his little photo. Um, Mer three, third place. I'm going to go with Alonso Lopez because he's in form, but he can't seem to crack that top two. It's um, true. Yes, Cameron, please. Second, no third. Mm, let's have a let's have a return to form for Vietti. Oh. oh, home round. I wonder if yeah. he'll have a special helmet home design. Round. Of course he will. Well, I wonder if we'll see any special liveries. Cassini will probably have one. Because they always do. Maybe. But apart from that, I don't know. Um, right, Lauren, please. Third place. Um, Sam Lowe's. Nice. Okay, right. Second place, I've gone Arbolino. Oh, I bet you can't guess your answer first. <laughs> Cameron, second place, please. Um, let's have. Let's have. Oh, let's have a Costa then. Okay. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And You're gonna Lauren, do. Please? Oh, no! I'm like, should I change mine? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you go before me next time, then. Yeah, okay. Uh, do I trust him? I don't know if I do. Um, <laughs> yeah, please don't pick him. Right, mm. okay, I'll change my mind then. <laughs> I'll go with Lopez in second, then. Lopez second. Okay, I've gone for a Costa to win. I'm going to trust him, stupidly. Cameron, please. Tonilo Arbelino. Oh, no, wait. Oh, well, oh, I have to go for it. Arbelino. No, that's fine. I'm predicting him to win anyway. I don't care what you think oh, about okay. that. He's winning. So Lauren's gone Arbolino as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. MotoGP pole position. I think it's going to be a wild card. Oh. I, I like, because Digi got it last year. Oh. I don't mean a wild card rider. I don't, I just oh, mean like, that right, threw right. me for a second. Yeah. Yeah. I, Stefan Bradl's getting pole. Um, <laughs> Fulger on pole, please. Yeah. Like Valentino Rossi. Hmm. <gasps> um, I think Michele Piro will be back. As well, just a heads up. Bashanini? Imagine if... Imagine... <gasps> Bashanini said it was race week oh, on social media. Is he going to be back? Because that changes things. I think things. he will be. No, it doesn't. I think he will be. Yes, it does. Nah. 
Sebastian. I've just seen a photo of um, Michael Dunlop in handcuffs here as well <laughs> for going too fast around the island. The best one's him drinking a pint of Guinness after the first one. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. What a beast. Um, yeah, so Enneb actually said it's finally race week. So I'm assuming he's back. Would make sense because mm. he was in World Superbike Paddock as well. And like everyone um, was there though. Yeah, they were like Pecco and all were there. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Um, so, MotoGP poll. Jack Miller. Oh, juicy. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cameron, please. Oh, should I go Lauren? Because Cameron's... Yeah, go Lauren, Lauren first. Yeah. Oh. Um, poll position. Oh, it's going to be Pecco Bangaya. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cameron, please. Mark Marquez. Ooh. Oh my God, that is a spicy one. <laughs> oh, nice. here, you know, actually, okay. his brother, uh, I think Alex actually could have a good shot at it. It's probably going to be oh, a yeah. Ducati. Yeah. But really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Hot take, I know. Okay. I know, right? Right. Sprint race winner, I've gone with Bang Naya. Um, uh, Cameron, please. Mm. Sprint winner, eh? You've won a four people. I Do think. I? Well, yeah. In my personal okay. opinion. Yeah. Yeah, let's go with Peko then. Fine. 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 I've just changed my winner as well. Um, Lauren, please. For the sprint race, Brad Bender. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Oh, um, no, I've, I've, well, I've said it now, so it's happening. Yeah. Right, podium third in the main race. I've gone with Jorge Martin. Cameron's looking pissed off. Cameron, have you gone for a Martin as well? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have. I have. And Lauren, please. Um, how did the Aprilias do around Magello last year? Um, I think Alicia got in the box. Let's, let's have a look. Yeah, it was a part of Alicia's third place runs. Okay, Peco, right now, Fabio, Alicia. It was, where's Mugello? It was Pecco, Fabio and Alessio are very spot on. Okay. And where was Vinales? He was 12th. Oh, well that screws up that idea. <laughs> but Vinales is looking a lot better this year. Yeah, he's, he's made a big mm. old step, hasn't he? Especially considering the pace he's showed at Le Mans. Who else I ride to Grissini? Um, Alex Marquez oh, yeah. and Digia. Yeah, 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 Alex Marquez. Nice. Solid. Okay, you did save a minute ago. Yeah. Like, mm. Okay. Um, second place, I have gone controversial and gone by Naya. Second. Mm. Um, Cameron, please. I might have gone more controversial than that. But... Lauren, you go first. Oh, shit. You go before me. It's only fair. Mm. Second place, uh, Jorge Martin. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, and Cameron, please. Hmm. See, I think Peko's going to bin it again. Will he um, bin it or will he win well, it? Well, he binned it in Le Mans. Yeah, and he'll bin so it here. on mm. usual Peko standards, he should do well this he week. He should win it, yeah. yeah. No, 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 he'll double DNF and then he'll win after. Yeah. Because he DNF'd well, I, two, I have crash that. not put him on the podium. So. No, I, I think second, second I will have... 
I'll have Marini, please. Ooh. Ooh, okay. Okay. Right, my winner is Brad Binder. Ooh. Yeah. Right, who are we having? Are we having Cameron or Lauren for the winner? Well, I've already sort of given it away. Um, right. I want Bezeki to win. Nice. Okay. So I want him to take the lead in the championship. Yeah. Yeah. That'll rattle a few feathers. Oh, for sure. And Cameron, please. Yeah, I've gone Bez as well. I think it'll be a Mooney one too. Oh shit! So both of you not put Bangnaya on the box, even though he won there last year. There's one or two options here. So he'll DNF this year. No, but that's the thing. That makes sense. It's it's one of two options. He's either gonna win it or bin it. Yeah. Mm. So. Most, yeah, that makes sense. He'll win the sprint hmm. by six seconds. <laughs> then, he'll <crash. laughs> then he'll crash in the main race. Yeah. That makes sense. This is going to be interesting. It is. I'm Very excited. Interesting. Oh, I've still got, I've got the weekend off as well. Oh, oh, oh yeah. What a time to be alive. Oh, oh yeah. Marvellous. Okay. Are we done? Nice. I think we are done, yeah. <laughs> Can we be done? Yeah, great. Can yeah. We are done. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the podcast if you've got this this far. Um, once again, big shout out to everybody who supports the podcast every week um, and helps us financially. Um, much appreciated. We are going to be back next weekend after Mugello. Um And yeah, we'll see you later. See you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Nailed it again. Bookended, really strong bookend on this one. Well done. <laughs>